Global from Asia, episode 259, Tears in Hong Kong. Welcome to the Global from Asia podcast, where the daunting process of running an international business is broken down into straight up actionable advice. And now your host, Michael Michelini. Without risk or without doing a little bit of edgy stuff, sometimes it might get a little bit boring. I, I know some of you don't have so much interest in Amazon or, or e-commerce or want more interviews of China, Hong Kong, Asia, business action. So I, I hope I hope you're going to enjoy today's episode. Hopefully I don't get the show blocked or DDoS attacked or banned from China or something. We've had some risque interviews that some of my uh, some of my friends or people in the community feel is a little bit risky. We've had some different cases of uh, some campaigns we've done. Today is probably one of the more riskier ones, um, but maybe that's what is going to make it one of the more interesting ones, or maybe one of the more popular ones. But I feel like it's my job. I guess I'm some some people say, "What well, am I, a reporter now? I'm a free reporter. I report for free." For you guys, but uh, it's about what's happening in Hong Kong. You know, I'm down here in Thailand, living a good life, sipping coconuts and mai tais, and on hammocks, and uh, you know, <laughs> nah, it's not like that. But uh, you know, I'm not in that nut job insanity of Hong Kong and Shenzhen like I kind of miss. But it's definitely has been insane the last couple of weeks with these. These protests, riots, uh, gatherings, uh, groups of people getting together. Depends who you ask or what news channel you read or watch as far as what they say it's about. We have somebody that's willing to come and share what he has seen with his own two eyes and witnessed in Hong Kong. Chris Moore, buddy of mine, came to... I met him at my wedding, if you can believe that. Kind of read, read off my blog and asked if he could come and he came. That's how I met him pretty cool but he is sharing what he firsthand witnessed he was tear gassed there he's an american dude white dude getting tear well i don't think they shot it directly at him but he was in the effects and i don't know what's going to happen i mean i'm I'm heavily invested still even though i'm down thailand in china and hong kong business i mean a lot of listeners are also invested in this and curious of what's happening so i i mean i'm more always trying to put my business hat on i'm not a politician i don't feel like running for the president of the united states or i don't feel like running for the president of china uh anytime soon so um we're gonna just dive into this one and i'll just let it go i'm just gonna let it go maybe download this maybe before it might get taken offline who knows maybe keep this one yourself distribute it Host it some other server so that if it gets taken down here maybe it'll be somewhere else but it's just some uh, experiences and insights of what is happening in Hong Kong in middle of June 2019. Let's uh, let's listen in. Are you making payments in and out of Hong Kong? Mostly out. Maybe you're trying to get your money out of Hong Kong during what's happening in the news. You might want to consider GoRemit.hk, a cross-border payments company for your Hong Kong bank. Save money in fees and time, as well as decent customer service that helps me out as well as others I know that use the service. They're a great startup that supports the show here at Global From Asia, and if you enjoy what you hear and you want to give back, consider signing up for free, going through the KY process, KYC process, 
of goremit.hk and they will get you onboarded so you can make payments for your suppliers in China, or maybe your new suppliers in Thailand or new suppliers in Vietnam or other places around the world. Check them out. They're growing fast and they are, as you can say, see or hear a supporter of the show and I appreciate them. So www.goremit.hk. Thank you. Okay, thank you, everybody. Episode 259, Global From Asia. We're on the real time here. I used, usually I batch interviews and uh, I put them in the arc, you know, not archives. I kind of like line them up for a month, but we're kind of like in real time. So it's just a few days before the show goes live. And I think this is a topic that I, you know, Global From Asia has to talk about. I mean, maybe we'll get blocked in China or something, but we probably won't publish this on our normal Chinese uh, WeChat and uh, and our uh, Chinese channels, but uh, I think this will have to be in the archives for 259. It might be a blank one in the China channel, but we are talking about what's happening in Hong Kong, and uh, I'm not on the ground. I'm not hopping between borders like a lot of listeners are used to. I've been down here in Thailand almost a year now, so I brought on a friend and uh, somebody else that is an uh, adventurer like me and Chris Moore. He's been on the podcast way back in the day. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Chris. Sure, pleasure to be back on your show. Yeah, it's uh, it's always great. To, you know, just really just sharing sharing uh, experience and knowledge today. And um, you've been talking in the past about marketing and banking. Today, I I don't want to get so political, but I I think that. You know, I did talk a little bit about Occupy in 2014 on the show. On the show, um, I feel like I don't even know what to call. What's the title of this? Like Occupy was an easier campaign. Is this like extradition? Is that extradition? Is that yeah, what this they, is called? They've been um, Hong Kong protest, and then the the actual um, the thing that they're protesting is the anti extra. They're against yeah. the extradition, extradition. law, yeah. where, um, and so that's kind of the hashtag you'd see on Twitter. It's yeah, like which is an, not anti-extradition. <laughs> which is, I think they, somebody, whoever's meant, I guess, actually this was not as centralized. I think Occupy was more like there was these student, I forget the names, there were some famous students well, that the, were helping. This is kind of almost decentralized protest, this, right? There's not, that's mm-hmm. by design because uh, the students learned from the 2014 umbrella movement uh, of, you know, people got persecuted after that. And so they've been, there has been some organization on this one with like on Telegram and stuff, but people aren't taking photos. When I was walking around taking photos, people were yelling at me in Cantonese. I don't know what they were saying. And they <laughs> said like, don't take photos because of persecution. So they're very aware of that. And they're yeah. not, they, you know, guys went to jail from the umbrella movement in the 2014 one. And so they've figured out, you know, ways not to um, have leaders. So mm, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think somebody got in trouble for a twenty thousand person Telegram group. I, I heard. Yep. I I heard it was like thirty thousand, but yeah, that's correct. They got arrested, and there was even DDoS attacks to Telegram servers coming from mainland China during that yeah. time. I, yeah. I, I don't really use Telegram. It's just the same stuff I've read online. Mm, <laughs> yeah, the uh, founder of Telegram said that. Um, Mm. So, so today, I mean, I, well, of course, I guess this will be categorized as political, but I, I also want to try to connect it to the, to the business. I mean, I've, I'm a partner in a CPA company. I've, I try to get our, 
I, I don't want to throw people, you know, put people's names out there, but I try to get some of our, some of those, some, some other people, but you know, you're willing to, to get on the show and talk about this. I know a lot of locals, like you said, don't want to be, uh, be connected to it, but what was it like two, 2 million people came out last Sunday or it was 20% or 30% of the population was protesting in Hong yeah. Kong. Yeah. And something in like- all these sort of things, you never know, like with the numbers, but it was definitely massive and bigger than the, the Sunday before when they said there was around a million. And those numbers are from the organizers. So these are um, sanctioned. These people have permits for these protests. Mm. Um, so the Sunday, the let me see, the ninth, there was around a million. And then um, on the 16th, it was around two. And that went from, I, I walked through that, uh, and that went like twice as long as the one the week before. I didn't know what was going on the week before. I just saw like tons of people on the subway and stuff and avoided yeah. that. Yeah. And then, and then um, I didn't really have any idea what was going on until the Wednesday kind of, I guess they called it a riot or something um, was happening. Uh, Cause yeah. I like that kind of excitement. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's so much to talk about, but back to, you know, back to the reason I'm, um, our goal for me just covering this is it is business related. I mean, I've heard of people now wanting to get their money out, close their company, shut down, or even at Unipro, our partner CPA company, I'm a shareholder of and uh, marketing with is where we couldn't even do taxes because the Admiralty is where the government is. And, uh, Ray was really afraid that uh, it would affect business because you can't can't get people to go there physically for certain, mostly things you can do online, but, you know, sometimes there are certain procedures in government that you need to go in person or it's the company secretary or somebody has to go there. And uh, it was really out of control, like last Wednesday, Thursday, where things just government or tax things couldn't even really happen. Um, so this does, of course, politics and business obviously have some overlap for sure. And I think that's starting to happen here. And it's uh, honestly, I I know like people always ask me like with Hong Kong company and China, mainland China, what happens, what's going to happen. You know, there, I think the background is 1997, the UK handed over to mainland China, Hong Kong, or there was some 50 year transition. Right. Yeah. So they had the one one country, two systems uh, thing where they were Hong Kong was supposed to be autonomous under they have like a mini constitution Mm -hmm. and uh, people can get elected to the legislative council. Um, But Beijing can uh, veto the the people who get elected. So like uh, Carrie Lam, the person that Mm -hmm. is currently in power. they're, the candidates are chosen by Beijing. So it, it makes this strange tension of you have uh, democracy in a certain way, and then you have the uh, authoritarian kind of dictatorship of China um, trying to do their stuff, especially with Xi Jinping's uh, concentration of power in re- recent years. And yeah. so, you know, once people have freedom, it's kind of hard to give that up. And that's what's coming out in these protests. And there was something similar in uh, July 1st, 2003. They tried to pass a law called um, HK Basic Law, Article 23, uh, which they wanted to add. Um, And there there were giant protests then, and a similar thing happened where they basically shelved that bill and they never tried to put it through again. Um, 
And then you had the umbrella movement in 2014 when you had some young uh, kids get elected to the legislative council and they wanted to have a, uh, they kind of had an independence party to break away from China. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kind of changed the rules of the game. And that's where you had that, uh, I think it was 79 day uh, kind of occupy on Harcourt Road in front of the legislative council from September 26th to December 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that ended with tear gas, half the amount used last Wednesday. And then um, that had leaders and you know, that, that was a lot more political than what you're seeing this past Wednesday, which was, you know, kind of a decentralized uh, uh, occupation that wasn't sanctioned around the Legislative Council when they were supposed to push this um, bill through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think we didn't really talk about that. Didn't succeed in that. Yeah, we didn't exactly define the bill, but I think I think there's probably listeners still that don't exactly know what exactly is happening. Even I somewhat catching up, but essentially it's saying that if there's a, the Chinese mainland Chinese law can be enforced in Hong Kong, or is it just to, or is it to take criminals that have broken Chinese law in China back to China? Is because isn't that what extradition is? Or is it, if I do something bad in Hong Kong, I can go to jail in China. It's um, because the U.S. and uh, I don't know other Western governments do have extradition agreements with Hong Kong. Meaning, like I don't know if I killed somebody in the U.S. and I'm hiding out here, um, there's a a protocol where uh, you know the U.S. embassy could get in contact with the Hong Kong government, and then there's a due process, and Hong Kong government can decide that okay, I should be turned over to. The Americans, and then I would get shipped off to the U.S. to be tried for something there. And yeah. so, what what they're trying to pass here was um, basically uh, make a law that people could get shipped off to China. And you have a, a major clash because uh, you have an opaque legal system there. You have about ninety nine percent prosecution rates uh, here. I think it's around sixty or something. I, I'd read. Um, it's not as high. Um, and you, you have a history of China over the past few years. Um, you know, if they want people, they take them. You, you yeah. have them kidnap we, five we've had booksellers in booksellers, 2015. Exactly. And then you had uh, 20, and those guys wound up in China. And they were actually kidnapped, some of them from Thailand, where you're at now, by Chinese agents. And then you have um, a guy, the head of the Tomorrow Group, Xi Chun Xiao, Jinhua, I think is his name. But in January 20, 2017, he was abducted from the uh, Four Seasons, right by the IFC here, and uh, later turned up in China. Um, he was a target for uh, from Xi Jinping. He was a billionaire tycoon guy. Mm-hmm. And so they've, they've, you know, when they want somebody, they're going after them. So what they're trying to do, the perception is, is um, legalize that and people are afraid that because um, they they have it's quite Western here you have uh, freedom of press uh, freedom of speech yeah. you don't have all the uh, censorship and these yeah. things that you have in the ma- mainland and um, so it's really that's what's at issue is the the I mean, freedom of the 
autonomous. I was really wondering, like, would that mean Facebook would be blocked? This is what people are afraid of um, because they're, you know, China is not supposed to, from their agreement from 97, not supposed to um, really change much until 2047. And they've been trying to do that, like the anti-sedition law in uh, 2003, um, banning the independence party in 2014 before the umbrella movement. Uh, you know, so they're, they're trying to get their claws in here so that they, because they're trying to centralize the power. Um, and Hong Kong being, you know, in quotes, a, a part of China in a certain way. Um, it's, uh, it's a challenge for them, I guess. And uh, all the people that live here, um, you know, they, they like their freedoms. Yeah. I um, think, I, I'd read, yeah. Go ahead. I'd read something in the, uh, in the guardian and, uh, the lady had argued, you know, it's, it's more about like universal rights, like the right of the individual to not be persecuted or ex extradited to a dictatorship, the right to assemble without incurring prison and the right to speak freely and to enjoy freedom of information. So that's really what's at play. And that's why there's so many people out on the street. And even like last Wednesday, um, you were talking about business. There were over a hundred businesses that also went on strike, uh, basically closed that day, allowed people to go to the, uh, the protests yeah what was qualified as a riot i guess but, yeah so, so the, yeah, it, yeah big backing across all different tiers of the um community and uh people are worried too like if if that passes um or if that that were to pass it, it's going to scare off business i know this um, is like i think our listeners are a lot of times not based you know in hong kong and this podcast was very beginnings all hong kong business for people not in hong kong you know that's that's kind of like the roots of this this exact show and like leveraging the benefits of hong kong multi-currency banking you know in english uk system you know a lot of those benefits and uh, people are nervous those benefits will um stay yeah. And then, you know, I think one thing to note for, for listeners, I mean, I don't think I've read it in these recent articles, but Hong Kong's economy is not that big of a deal to mainland China anymore with Shenzhen, Hong, uh, Shanghai, Beijing, these other massive cities. I think that was one thing, like maybe 5, 10, 20 years ago, Hong Kong used to be more of a significant economic, quote unquote, zone or area or whatever you want to call it, to mainland China that they didn't want to threaten. Yeah, it used to represent around uh, thirty percent of the entire Chinese economy. Now it's around it's uh, less than three percent. Last like specific stat I read was two point six percent of the Chinese economy. So it's not uh, mainland just considers it another you know Chinese city. Uh, and there was a, a weird video that was making uh, rounds around in. Hong Kong over the last week where a military official in China was speaking in Chengdu um, saying that they have to, uh, you know, decolonize the decolonize Hong Kong by getting um, like the communist propaganda in the schools. And, and it, the guy said um, that about a third of the Chinese, like, in their fiber, they don't like the mainland China because they escaped here in um, yeah. in uh, forty nine, 
and the communists took all their stuff. And so, you know, they have a deep hate for the mainland. And he said, there's another third that's like foreigners and then another third that's like in the middle. Um, and this was a Chinese military official. It's an interesting video. If I can find it, I'll share it so people could check yeah, it out. We'll, on we'll put it on the show notes. The link. Yeah. So let's, and then I guess I didn't say it, but I want to make sure. So you have the badge now. I don't know if you can put it on your Facebook profile. You, you've been officially tear gassed. So yeah, I, I don't have that privilege. I think I've seen it happening at some riots in a concert in the U.S. at Dave Matthews many years ago, but uh I guess now you have the proud badge, virtual badge of being tear gassed. Uh, how, how is yeah, that? it's I. I've been in I don't know kind of street warfare stuff when I I used to live in the Basque Country in San Sebastian and people would like throw Molotov cocktails at the police and they'd shoot back. I got used to that, but I've never been around like the tear gas stuff. Um, and it, it's kind of odd when I first experienced it because I was at the Shangri La near Pacific Place and when when you exit there they have these. Um, these wet towels that are like in the refrigerator so you can clean your face because we're in the tropics and you sweat a lot and it has some kind of menthol in it and my buddy gave me one of those and I like cleaned my face and then I walked over to the, uh, the I guess the demonstration area and in in the bridge that goes from Pacific Place towards the Legislative Council I guess there was tear gas in there but you couldn't see it and my skin was a little I, I thought it was from the menthol stuff from the <laughs> towel but my skin kept getting hotter and hotter and then like I rubbed my eyes and then I couldn't see <laughs> and then I realized oh crap that's a uh, tear gas probably and then I moved closer to the demonstration stuff and it was around 4 30 and apparently they kind of started trying to clear the streets around 3 30 and so then got up on some of the closed roads and you can see them shooting at people and stuff below and then the tear gas comes up and tear gas clears a crowd pretty nicely but it's not as um not as painful as i would have thought <laughs> okay so you would do it again <laughs> i got tear gas i think three times that day I, I had an idea in my head you get used to it but i came back and uh, read about it it's apparently not very healthy for your lungs so i it seems like it's it it worked these these whatever you call it, riots, protests, uh, etc. But I mean, it. We mentioned Carrie Lam, and uh, she, I. I think I read I read some of the South China Morning Post stuff. I think you sent me, but she said she did it because there was something in Taiwan of a criminal that came to Hong Kong and or China or I don't know. Like she's saying that she was the the catalyst for it. That was the 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 excuse. I guess you'd call. So uh, there was a young couple uh, that from Hong Kong that went to Taiwan and uh, kind of girl and the girl, I guess, had been cheating on this guy that she was with and showed him a video of like some other guy she slept with and the kid killed her and put her in a suitcase and then came back to Hong Kong. And since the crime wasn't committed in uh, Hong Kong, he, um, he couldn't be charged here and they don't mm. have a, a extradition treaty with Taiwan so mm. they, he can be brought back there and so that was the excuse for the bill and so Taiwan does not support the bill because it's also a way that's been argued that um, it, it's China is trying to you know claim Taiwan as yeah. part of China also so yeah it's complicated 
So it's complicated, but I mean, I heard that's what her excuse or reasoning was. And she's, you know, we'll never know the real behind the scenes, but that was her reason to doing it. And, uh, but now it seems like it's shelved, meaning put on. Yeah. It's not so gone, if they don't, it's put on the shelf. Yeah. So they, she says that it, it won't be brought up in the legislative council, which I, I think they, in July, they go on break. And then if it's not brought before the council within a year, then it expires. Okay. And what people want. So, uh, and then she's given a bunch of apologies. Um, but what people want and what they're demanding is a complete withdrawal of the extradition bill. Um, and so th this goes, so she shelved it before the big um, sanction big pro protest last Sunday. Yeah. yeah, last Sunday. It was Saturday. And, she, um, she announced that she would shelve it. Right. But they still did the protest the next day, or at least it was Sunday. Right. And um, yeah, she didn't announce it publicly. She just put out a memo. And then there was that giant turnout, which was like twice the size of the uh, Sunday before. And then I think it was yesterday. Um, she had a news conference and basically said sorry again, but didn't answer anybody's questions. And so now, as of uh, something's supposed to happen at five o'clock today, but uh, yeah, people, so, so there's, there's stuff going around social media saying that um, here's their demands. They want complete withdrawal of the extradition bill, which means retract it um, so that it doesn't have the potential of coming back. Uh, investigate the police force brutality last Wednesday. Total recall of the 612 riot claim. Uh, people want that because... If you're involved in a riot uh, based on old UK laws, it's up to 10 years in jail. Mm. Um, and so she said that it's not, she wouldn't say that it's not a riot, uh, but she said that people that were not being violent will not be prosecuted, which I was happy for that because I didn't know that it was a riot when I walked out into it. Um, and then kids started throwing stuff around you. Um, and I'm on video doing that. Uh, <laughs> But be, being there, I've, I've seen myself from the, the police side on a South China Morning Post video. Um, and then they want uh, them to free and drop the charges against the protesters that were arrested. I think there was around 80 people arrested that day. They released a bunch yesterday with no charges. So it'll be interesting. They want these to happen today. And if not, they say they're going to... Uh, go and occupy the legislative council area, which is probably Harcourt Road uh, tomorrow morning. So things could get exciting again. Oh boy. So yeah, I couldn't wait to do this interview because I was still trying out. It takes us a few days to get this show ready. But uh, so today's Tuesday, Thursday, June 20th and afternoon. So it seems like a couple hours later, you're putting on your party gear and going out again. So check it out from a, a distance but I, yeah I'll, I'll definitely be, be okay uh, checking in because it's, so, it's walking distance from my house so i go back and forth to see what's going I on think, yeah so I'm, I'm just looking at this demand thing they have online it, it says or else on june 21st at 7 a.m operation protect hong kong city blooms and non-cooperation movement in all of hong kong will go on all citizens and fellows, please start action on your own. Reminder, the Legislative Council has a meeting in the afternoon. So it looks like they want to block that. Mm, makes <sighs> So I, you know, I'm trying to follow an outline on my, my show notes here. But uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I just did a podcast. We had Cornelia from Forest Shipping, one of our partner sponsors and supporters. And they, you know, they, of course, they deal with a lot of shipments. And they, uh, you know, that was just a couple of weeks ago. This trade war, maybe it's been a little bit more than a month now, but is, do you think this is somewhat connected to that? This whole Hong Kong stuff? I mean, is there any connection? This has nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with that. This is 100%. Hong Kong movement, Hong Kong people, um, basically not accepting the rule of mainland China, not accepting the uh, retraction of their rights, not accepting censorship. That's it's purely a local thing, not connected to mm. the bigger trade war. But uh, I feel like it doesn't was... help the trade war. <laughs> yeah, for, feel... for the mainland. I feel like in my my back of my mind there my because the trade war stuff is not not even as a 2018 type thing and it's not like it I know it's getting heated up lately with the Trump Twitter tweets but uh I I I feel like there might be some in, in, in you know some kind of cuz also you know what always happens is you know the the mainland chinese or the government or the whatever you want to call it, they'll, they'll blame America or they'll blame foreigners to influence Hong Kong people to do this. You know, oh, that, that, that's, that's always what's said. Yeah, that's something I, I forgot to bring up. So yeah, in the China Daily, they say that, you know, it's foreign actors in, in um, Hong Kong that are, are training these people to do that. Um, I, I have a guy that I work with, I won't say where I work right now, but um, he... Uh, he actually wrote an article on foreign policy, but uh, he was at the protest and the guys were getting bricks and he was getting the bricks and putting them back. And somebody took a photo and then on the Chinese social media, people have him circled and they say that he's works for the CIA. And then I saw another thing in Chinese on social media that had these two heavy set uh, white guys just kind of observing and, uh, people taking photos of them and said that they work for the CIA also. Oh, yeah. And my, my wife's uh, family, her, her parents, um, I, I guess a lot of Asian families have uh, like groups on uh, WeChat or on uh, WhatsApp and they share different stuff. And her parents are clearly on the side of the mainland. They yeah. say that, and they're, they're a family that's been in Hong Kong for like 300 years before the British. Crazy. Um, and but in those in those groups it's um they share a lot of like fake news like the older adults believe that it's real her dad said that the protest that that was photoshopped photos <laughs> so um just it's it's kind of d- divisive and if you're not on hong kong island you don't uh, i'm not sure what it's like over in kowloon but you definitely see all, all the action here because there's mm. massive amounts of people there's that joke of the huawei phone and then the like iphone and all these other foreign phones and it shows protests in the pictures of all the foreign phones but on the huawei phone it shows empty street i think you've seen that yeah. one and, and i haven't seen that i i oh, had yeah. a, a friend i had a friend in shenzhen yesterday text me and ask if asked if i was a usa spy Wow. Uh, and then LOL. And then in the Chinese news they showed a picture of this, Wendy, or some maybe it was even you, 
somebody shared me the headlines in Chinese and the Chinese news and it says, this is for the people supporting the bill. Oh, they're supporting this. That's what they said in the news in some Chinese article. Yeah, the Ch one of the China Daily articles said that this was mothers supporting the extradition bill. That's yeah, the protest. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. Uh, it's insane. But um, I don't want to. Of course, I have I have a Chinese wife, and uh, don't know if I should mention. But I mean, a lot of Chinese people will say they don't understand why this is happening. This this Hong Kong is China. I mean, that's what the UK gave it to China as China as China is what a lot of Chinese people would say, you know, like, so. They also say Taiwan's China. Yeah. Hong Kong, yeah. I, Hong Kong though, politically, I guess, officially is China, but it has a special autonomous region like Macau. Yeah. But uh, something else they fear here, because they, they've been putting up uh, photos also in the protest areas of um, of those kind of concentration camp style things in Xinjiang and they yeah. fear that uh, you know if this gets passed then China will will bring all the technology because it's kind of like a 1984 dystopia there like a open-air prison of the whole Xinjiang region um, that they'll they'll bring that technology and start using it here and they say they think that that's a testing ground to move it here. So. so let's try to bring it back to the business side. Uh, you know, I mean, I have a Hong Kong yeah. company. I know a lot of listeners have, you know, even heard some of our podcasts or, you know, I haven't really had much content about it lately, but you know, I've had some clients or friends just saying, should I, what should I do? About, am I, am I, what, what's going to happen? And also there's been this pressure on the banking system for years is wonder if that's even some influence or preparation for something like that i mean i mean maybe is what do you think is this going to change people from op opening operating doing business with a hong kong entity i i know that um, there's been an uptick of hong kong people buying property since this has started in vancouver and um i i read something about a ton of money being pulled out of the bank of china um from people getting their money out of here last Wednesday. And uh, so people that have money and the ability to get out, you know, they've set, set themselves up to be able to do that. Kind of like pre 97 with, you know, mass migrations to yeah. Canada, Australia, and you know, those people come back and work, but now there's a, a reverse migration. Mm. Yeah. I feel, I guess maybe it calmed down, but I think that last Wednesday, Thursday, when, you know, there was the real, the quote unquote riots, I think that's when people were really freaking out. People were afraid, but I think it's somewhat yeah. calmed down. So at least listeners, I don't think you should freak out too much, although it's not a positive. It's definitely not a positive. It's a, it's more, you know, mm. well, the market hates uncertainty and uh, it's uncertain times and, it's uh, kind of emboldened Taiwan not to trust China. Um, it's yeah. it's kind of taken the the mask off of like you know that they actually want to work with and integrate it in integrate yeah. Hong Kong in some way. Um, I don't know if it was. And, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, and so it, uh, you know for long term business interests it's it, it's not just this it, it if you take all the things you know the 2003 movement the umbrella movement the kidnappings 
add this on, you know, it, it doesn't bode well as a pattern for the future. But the mass movement happening on the ground um, does add some hope, uh, I think. But I, who knows how crazy China can get? Well, like I think, like I said earlier, I think the the the, the sad fact is. Hong Kong's economy is not as big of a deal to them as it used to be. So I think that's probably hurt the hurt. Cause I used, I used to tell people years ago, I mean, like, cause a lot mainly Chinese in politicians probably and other leaders have Hong Kong companies, Hong Kong real estate, Hong Kong investments that they don't want to lose, you know, but it feels like they're willing to lose that. Now I feel, you know, generally, or, you know, I think, uh, they're not as worried as they might have used to be. And it seems like the down, leader, leadership there the is downside big. isn't as big. All right. Well, this has been an interesting conversation. I I don't know about you, but I'm somewhat paranoid to put this online. My name, my face uh, is pretty well connected to this show. Uh, I don't know. I still plan to do business in mainland China and enter China. I mean, are you, worried i mean you mentioned you were on the news i mean i'm going to put this podcast it's obviously going to have my name on it uh, what is your thoughts there or you don't worry about it <laughs> personally i'm i'm not i'm not I, i'm not worried about it because like uh, you know fortunately i'm not tied to the ground here like if you were if you didn't have options to leave you might you know i might think differently um we'll see if i'm able to go back into china but um, yeah, interesting times. But yeah, they definitely have facial recognition now everywhere. They're definitely uh, got big data everywhere. I mean, for, so I'm sure. And the borders have been getting stricter. Like I mentioned on some previous shows I've recorded, you know, they asked me more questions. I've talked to other friends that have been held at border for an hour and a half. We're, you know, we're trying to do this fourth annual cross-border summit in Guangzhou in October. And my wife is scaring me about, about uh, some of the these risks um you know some people we we had an organizer meet up in Shenzhen and they're like oh yeah just make sure all the attendees have give them some kind of pdf to print about in english and mandarin to explain why they're coming to china what's the purpose and you know it's scary it's definitely a scarier times um and they're you know i feel like there's a lot of similarities with chinese and americans about being patriotic and you know, listening and believing their news, right? Like, you know, I think there, you know, we can say what we want about America's somewhat freedom, but I think a lot of times media is influenced by political um, reasons or, you know, the owner's reasons. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, and there's fake news even on Facebook and stuff, you know, to use for political reasons, I think. And uh, I feel like Americans are, and I'm Chinese, you know, it's such huge countries and those people believe the, uh, believe what their media and their, their governments say. So it's, it's scary times for sure. I mean, it's definitely not boring, right? I mean, these trade wars and these, uh, these riots and protests and uh, the whole, the whole thing in my world is changing. I mean, I, I happen to move to Thailand you know, a year ago, I don't want to say I felt this coming, but I definitely did feel some, it's not like it used to be. So uh, I don't know what's, I don't know. I'm, I'm really, uh, I don't know, just still evaluating all of this. And I, I, I plan to enter China. I hope 
I the show. I hope the podcast. I mean, web, the website Globemaze has been blocked before in China, but it's not permanent blocked. It's working now, but I have a feeling if they pick this up, uh, it might not work for a while. But uh, I don't know. I feel like I had to share, and I appreciate you, Chris, for sharing and stay safe, dude. I know you know. I know you're into this. You like this kind of like uh, chaos and. Uh, it's definitely a historical it's a historical time i think this will definitely be these dates will be in the uh in the books the history books at least in some way i mean we'll see if they escalate or not in the near future but uh i mean i don't know is there anything else you want to add i think we're kind of wrapping up uh yeah i guess you did mention the nationalism and yeah i'm similar to you the it's very nationalistic within mainland china and one way you can look at this uh what's happening here in Hong Kong, it's, uh, these guys are against the, it's anti-nationalistic. Mm. It's a identity politics of being, um, you know, most people here speak Cantonese, not Mandarin. They want to, uh, force them to speak Mandarin. So it's an anti-nationalist movement. It's identity politics. It's kind mm. of what's going on. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I remember Occupy Hong Kong. I was, I was around, that was a long one. That was like two or three months. Like you think you said during the show yeah. and, 79 days it's um it's sad i mean i i i don't know i mean it's gonna be hard you know you're it's gonna be hard for hong kong i don't know i mean when you think about the the size the, the proximity the the power the money i don't know i hope but again well, sin, what was gonna happen in 2047 anyway what is gonna happen what was supposed to happen i don't think anybody even really knows right i mean what was that's that's i think the I, I think seeing this, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen smoothly. <laughs> like, and the, one of the reasons you have such a huge turnout is because people feel like this is their last stand. If they don't do something now, then they'll never be able to do anything. Mm. So they're, it, if, yeah, it's pretty kind of existential threat uh, to the identity of the Hong Kong people. Mm. Well, um, I guess that sounds like a good way to wrap up the show. And uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, Hong Kong people, like the other last part is, I don't know, I wasn't there, but they said it was pretty, I mean, there was a one beautiful scene. I think you sent me a few others. There's the ambulance that was taking somebody and all the people would move out in a very organized manner, you know, and, oh, yeah, and they, they're very like... They clean the streets. They're very polite when like... I didn't have a mask when the like tear gas stuff came and then they give me a mask and they clean out my eyes for me. And then a guy like, cause you can't see, he like walked me to the side and, and put my hand on a, on a, a fence so I could stay standing. <laughs> and then like three other people came and say, are you okay? Are you okay? So wow. it's, it's, you know, a uh, very polite, uh, you're everyone in Hong Kong's polite, but it's like overly polite. So it's a really, fascinating yeah that is amazing uh, thing to experience when there's yeah uh yeah so that that's definitely props for the hong kong people so i think with that we can we can wrap for this 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 episode excellent thanks mike thanks chris for sharing are you enjoying the content at global from asia do you want to tap into our amazing team of writers audio editors video editors and others to make valuable and ex exciting content for your e-commerce business or your online growing company check out our sister company 
contentinvestments.com for your writing solutions. We would love to work with you. We have various packages of monthly or one-time. Try it out. Talk to a customer service rep there. We check out the different packages and make a podcast of your own. I know a lot of e-commerce sellers want to have their own podcast, but either don't know how or don't have time or don't even want to host it. We even have done guest hosting where we have somebody on our team being the host of their podcast. Check it out at www.contentinvestments.com. Uh, is this show still online? Well, we're not centrally distributed. Like I said, maybe download this podcast, host it on your server. Maybe it won't be online forever. Maybe I'll be disappearing too. Like Chris said, they, sometimes people in Thailand disappear. And I hope I'm not one of those people. I think I said it before on the show, but some people have not wanted to come on the show because their visa issue, you know. There's just so much risks. I guess that's what makes it exciting. James Bond was a pretty cool series. I feel like what's happening in the world? What is really happening? We're not going to transcript this show because we don't want to do SEO or internet marketing or text marketing on most of the words that were said in this show. You know, also Chris and I were chatting after the show and, uh, Hong Kong is still pretty uh, also involved a lot with the currency trading of RMB. So that is actually pretty important for the Chinese uh, economy. So that is something they might not want to go out of control too much. But I, I do wonder what's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I have I actually have a few Hong Kong companies or I'm a partner in and owner in. And, you know, I know there's the hassles, the audits. Nobody likes the audits. And there's also other uh, other things but I've always said, you know, it's English language jurisdiction, UK-influenced legal corporate systems, multi-currency banking, English banking. But it's getting scary now. Seriously getting scary. I, I, I mean, we're a business podcast, and I mean, we want to keep things simple. I think as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, we just want to have a place to put our money, to do business trades, to make money keep our lives somewhat similar simple i don't know i don't like politics i know a lot of business owners i don't want to deal with politics unfortunately politics seems very much involved with business right now trade wars taxes you know a government is almost getting kind of shut down with riots or protests it kind of you know i get this little smirk it's exciting too but man it's uh, it's not good for business and uh there's there's definitely some rifts, you know, there's definitely some conversations at dinner tables, even my dinner table and my wife, she has different opinions and I don't know if she's gonna like this show, you know, I don't know, you know, she's uh, mainland Chinese, you know, I mean, like I said, many Chinese people just feel like, hey, wh- who are these people in Hong Kong? They're Chinese, they, they you know, whatever you want to say, ran away, fled, swam, ran to Hong Kong at different times to es- quote unquote escape whatever was happening in China and you know, I'm uh, pausing here. I'm thinking, usually I kind of ramble. Usually this is a blah, 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 but I'm afraid I'll ramble and say something offensive. I don't mean to offend everybody. I honestly believe we're all humans. You know, I just think we need a bigger quote-unquote enemy. You know, I think humans just want to, some reason or human nature wants to have an enemy, a, an enemy. I, I just think the stakes keep getting bigger as the globalization happens. 
we need aliens to invade us, like in the Independence Day movie, and we all come together and stop fighting about this BS of, you know... But it's really about control and power, I think, more than money, right? It's more about the control and the power and the influence. I think filtering and censoring is never a good way to control. I mean, how much resources and money and time can you spend filtering? I mean, the costs and the overhead. And people don't want to be filtered. People don't want to be censored, I believe. And I just uh, don't think that will be a good long-term strategy. People will see and hear things eventually, no matter how hard you try to cover up or change what maybe is a reality. What's that Braveheart quote? Those who win the war make the rules or rewrite the history books or the history books are written by those that win the war. Maybe uh, my, my life and my influence and my perspectives on everything is influenced by the history books I read when I was a kid and that's why I'm saying what I'm saying and I'm just some ignorant Laowai foreigner that doesn't know China and doesn't know culture and is just trying to weaken China and influence Chinese people to go against those people. I mean, okay, maybe I'm going to get... Maybe I will disappear for some of this blah, blah, blah session. Maybe we'll keep this one shorter so I don't say more things. Maybe some AI will make my voice say something different in the future. But for now, I don't think it's that easy to do. I just, can't we all just get along? Was that Rodney King? Black people, yellow people, white people, brown people, purple people. You know, actually, I think the ones that's going to benefit the most are like my kids, you know. I think international exposure at a young age is probably the best way to solve this rather than being stuck in your home country forever or until you're older. I think maybe the best way is education, right, at a younger age. Although it's scary, some of the books want to change or influence your mind. So maybe that's not even the answer either. I don't know. I just think maybe an alien invasion is the best way to solve this and we all come together like in those movies and fight a bigger common enemy. And then it'll be Earthlings versus Martians versus Venetians versus other universes. And then we'll, humans will be all the same. But for now, we got to fight with each other because humans like to have an enemy and fight other people and try to take resources from one person to another to benefit my common community of people versus your common community of people and be powerful over this other community of people it just seems childish honestly but this is the reality of our majority of life and society today hopefully maybe maybe this podcast can influence a little bit of perspective of some of you or at least open some of your eyes so i think i'll hit the stop button now i hope you enjoyed this one It will not be on all of our channels, and uh, hopefully I don't disappear. See you later. To get more info about running an international business, please visit our website at www.globalfromasia.com. That's www.globalfromasia.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to our iTunes feed. Thanks for tuning in.